0: Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need for only one thing. Mary has chosen that. I won't ask you to raise your hands, but I want to ask you a question. How many of you wives wouldn't feel just like Martha did, that you had a responsibility to water at least, or fix something a little better, our order? People that you invited into your house, well, I think most of you would, and that's that's fine. That's fine. But uh, I think that's the way things are. Jesus is saying. Some things are important enough to require you to get out of your comfort zone and take care of the important things in your life. And the most important thing is your your journey into the Father, your journey into the Lord Jesus. And that is the most important. of your life and that's what Jesus is saying take care of that and then all this other will fall into place I had a very short time this week after I learned that I could preach this morning and I tried to put something together and it just wouldn't come. And I realized that most of you don't really know me because I showed up here a little over a year ago and sat out there just like everybody else does. and listened, then all of a sudden I show up wearing a white collar and standing up front. So I'd like to share my spiritual journey with you. It became when I it started when I was three years old. The family moved onto a farm a short distance from a small country Baptist church. And there's where I started Sunday school. And I remember one summer, or the first summer, We were sitting outside in the shade of the church building. So for Sunday school and uh, we were there because it was much cooler out there in the shade than it was inside the building. Every Sunday we would get little cards with beautiful colored pictures on them. I wish I'd kept those cards because they're very, very expensive right now. But uh, (coughs) I didn't keep any of them, but I treasured them because one thing, they were beautiful and something we didn't have much at our house was beautiful pictures. No artwork at all. We were quite poor farmers. But we had what we needed. Since I was the youngest of three boys, I had very little things that was new or had not been worn. And I treasured those little hearts because they were mine and nobody else had owned them before with we members of that church for several years even after we even moved to a farm for their way one summer when the crops were laid by that means in farming that the last plowing was done and so we're waiting for the bulls of the cotton to open, so we could start picking cotton. So that that summer, some men in the community asked the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Rule if he would come and preach a revival. And so we had daily meetings, I don't remember whether we had morning meetings or not. See, I was five years old, something like that, maybe six. And, uh, but we committed every night uh, the, the arbor, the brush arbor that the men had built out in this pasture was lighted by lanterns and uh, populated by people of the community, they had a pretty good crowd there every night because there wasn't anything else to do. And uh, so it's a good place to go. One night at the altar call, my older sister went forward. Then my two brothers left me standing alone. They went forward too. I didn't like what I, that, so I went forward also. Did I want to give my life to Jesus? Well, yes. That caused a lot of discussion. Did I really understand? No, but no one else understands. Baptism is a soul-changing experience. We cannot understand a new creation experience. It's something beyond understanding. But you're changed afterwards. And you don't understand all of it. I grew up very active in the Baptist Church. Morning. Sunday school, afternoon training union, uh, another sermon that night, and then every Sunday, and I was very active. I. I'm a Baylor graduate, you know what that is, and at Baylor, I met a woman who never learned to run fast, and I married her the night after I graduated. And she has never learned to run fast, so we're still married after 66 six years. Though Through Baylor ROTC, I was commissioned a second lieutenant in the United States Air Force. I served my time in Japan where our first child was born, returned to life of selling drugs to drugstores and discovered the pharmacist made a whole lot more money than I did as a drug peddler. So, I left that and went to the University of New Mexico for a degree in pharmacy. That was God's plan. After several years as a pharmacy and very active in our church, I felt led to the Episcopal Church. And it wasn't uh, on the spur moment, it was a leading over a period of time. At age, uh, soon after confirmation, I felt led to be a priest. At age fifty-five, I was ordained, and at age eighty-six, at fifty-five when I was ordained, and eighty-six when I did my last service at St. Martin's in the field, Episcopal Church. That was the last service before I started here, a couple of, three weeks ago. Soon after I was ordained, I was told that no no parish would call a rector over 55 years old. So I got to do the fun things like Casillo and happening and things like that, that the rectors don't have time for. But I had all kinds of time and I was always available. Or pretty much the time I was available. And I had a good time. I had a wonderful ministry. I did several happenings and Cursillo cur- for the Lutheran Church. It must have gone on for two or three years. I was the only priest that they could get to do the Cursillos and their happenings. Theirs didn't have time for them, but I did. And I took over the Lutheran Church along with ours, and had all kinds of fun. I was honored to serve the chalice at the ordination of one of the women of that group that had gone to seminary and had finished her three years and was ordained. And she asked me to serve communion at her ordination. We took the Fort Fort Worth Diocese, took happening to Malawi in Africa, the poorest nation in the world. I understand, or at least the poorest one in Africa. And we started a movement there that has moved from the poorest nation in the world. They have taken Happening and Curcio to at least two other nations, and I think there's three other nations that they have touched with Curcio and Happening since we were there. The remainder of my history is All Saints Episcopal Church in Austin. Earlier this summer, I was talking to Mother Cynthia, and I offered to take this 8 a.m. service during the summer. And uh, she took me up on it. I felt unprepared since I'd been a long time since I'd done right one. But I have relaxed and realized I'm not alone. I'm not doing this by myself. You are part of it. It's you and we are doing this, not me. So I'm relaxing and enjoying it and realize that I love you and you accept me. Now next week, I'll have more time to prepare. And I promise you, I'll have a routine sermon next week. But at least you know a little about me and where I came from and why I'm here. I'm here because our daughter said, would y'all move to Austin so that we can be close to you and take care of you? She didn't exactly say that. <laughs> but, you uh, so have a house near the uh, campus that would rent to students. We'll remodel it and uh, let y'all read it for us well that entailed selling one in first and packing up after 35 years in one house <laughs> and moving from a a large house into a small house. Retired required a lot of trips to the Goodwill and a lot of trips to the junkyard and uh, a lot of garage sales. But God has blessed me. God moved us within three minutes drive what my uh, car said this morning, it was three minutes from our house to here. And what a blessing to be this close and be with you. God bless you everyone. Bye.